0: So we're going to be talking about hope tonight. We're going to be closing out this year, other than obviously our online services with a message of hope. I think the reason that I really felt inspired to speak about hope, first of all, it is actually my middle name. I think that's pretty cool. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Also, it is something that I think people struggle with at this time of year. It can be really difficult to hold on to hope. sounds funny because everywhere you look is like, exciting and new, and there's lights, and there's candles, and there's presence and there's supposed to be joy. But I feel like sometimes it can become a little bit hard to hold on to hope, especially if things aren't quite going the way that you thought they would this year. Uh, maybe some things that you had hoped for are exa- not exactly panning out the way that you imagined. Maybe God, you thought God spoke something to you, and you were like, God, this is, this is your plan, and I'm going to go for it. And it's just not really working out, and it kind of seems like it might be impossible. We're going to be talking about Mary tonight. It seems kind of fitting to talk about um, the mother of Jesus and kind of what she might have gone through leading up to the birth of Christ. But Mary was given a promise of hope, and the promise of hope that she was given was for the salvation of her people. And so we'll be talking a little bit about that today. And many times throughout her life, she was given almost a confirmation of what God had for her. Because she was given this promise, and I think it would have been easy for her to forget it along the way because it was so many things happening along the way towards the promise. So sometimes when we read a promise of God in the Bible, we go searching for confirmation as well. Or sometimes God gives us that. It's almost like an encouragement along the way to let us know that things are going to turn out the way that God says that they will. It's like a reassurance. An example of this that you can see in the Bible is in Abraham's life. If you guys know uh, the story of Abraham, he was told, you're going to be the father of many nations. But that didn't actually pan out for a really long time for him. It was like, you're going to be the father of many nations, years go by. God comes again and says, you're going to be the father of many nations, and it still took a little while. And then Abraham tried to make it happen on his own, because it was just taking so long. But along the way, there were these little uh, confirmations, these little reassurances that God had for him to let him know that things were going to turn out the way that he promised that they would. God encourages each of us in the same way, and he encouraged Mary in this way as well. But we need to be careful to pay attention to these encouragements, to these confirmations that are sent from God, because sometimes we can either gloss over them and just forget that they happened, or you can be like, yeah, that's cool in the moment, but then as soon as something difficult happens, you start to doubt it. But God continued to show Mary in different ways throughout her life that the promise that he gave to her was true. So we pick up the story uh, with the angels. They appear to Mary, or the angel, sorry, appears to Mary to tell her about Jesus in Luke chapter 1, 26 to 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, How can this be, since I have not had relations with a man?" The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth, even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month of her who was called childless, for nothing will be impossible with God. See, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you have said. And the angel left her. <clears throat> so this is the promise of hope that's given to Mary. God sends an angel down to speak to her, to tell her this thing that's going to happen. And this isn't just going to be any child. This is going to be the son of God who will save her people from their sin. And this is like a huge promise. And she can choose to be a part of this. Like, it's not like God was going to be like, bam, it already happened. He told her, he's like, you, do you want this? You know what I mean? And she says, let it be as you said. And so she chooses to be a part of this promise of hope. But God knows, as he always does, he knows the beginning. He knows the middle. He knows the end. And so he knows that it's not just going to be all butterflies and rainbows and amazing. He knows that there's going to be great joy for Mary in the midst of this. But he also knows there's going to be a lot of heartbreak and a lot of pain. And I believe that God sent people to confirm what he had promised, and to encourage Mary along her journey so that when times got tough, when things got hard, and when she was like, God, what is happening? She would be able to hold on to something to keep her strong. The first of these series of uh, confirmations is through her cousin Elizabeth. The angel mentioned her cousin. He's like, "Your, your cousin Elizabeth is in her sixth month of pregnancy, she was unable to have kids her entire life, and she was an old lady. So this was actually quite miraculous. And so she, she was wondering to herself, could my cousin actually be pregnant? Like, is this actually true to what the angel said to me? So Mary goes to Elizabeth, who she knows was unable to have kids, and who is now elderly. And she goes into the house, and it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 40 to 44, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leapt for joy inside of me. And so Elizabeth confirms the promise in two ways. The first way is she's, just, she's pregnant, right? The angel tells Mary, your cousin Elizabeth is six months pregnant, and Elizabeth is six months pregnant. The second way she confirms the promise is she's filled with the Holy Spirit, and she starts to speak about the unborn baby that is in Mary's womb, when there would be no way she could know it was even there. And so she starts to speak about the unborn baby and the Holy Spirit reveals to Elizabeth that Mary is carrying the promised Savior. Mary's very encouraged by these words and she goes on to praise the Lord for all he's doing in her life. This would have been proof of what the angel said to her in the promise that he said. It said, He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. He will be given the throne of David. He will reign forever. His kingdom will never end. The next kind of reassurance that God sends to Mary is through her fiancé, Joseph. When Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant, he, like most rational human beings, assumed that she was unfaithful. Uh, If you, I don't know, if you've heard this story a million times and you're like, it seems weird that he reacted that way, I think you need to read it with a fresh set of eyes because if you were engaged to somebody and they were like, I swear, I've never been with anyone else, but you're pregnant. Yeah, but I've never been with anybody else. Like, it's just, it didn't make sense, especially back then when they don't have the medical technology that we have. And so she was still a virgin, and Joseph's plan was, but his plan was to break the engagement because he's like, I just can't believe what you're telling me. There's no way you're carrying the Son of God. And so he's like, we're just going to break up. I'm not going to make it public because I don't want you to be in any trouble. I don't want you to get in trouble for what you did. But then an angel appears to Joseph in a dream in Matthew chapter 1, 20 to 21. It says, But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because she's been con- what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sin. The fact that Joseph chose to marry Mary, is confirmation and evidence of God's promise. He believed that the baby was conceived the way that Mary said that he was, and he believed that Mary was faithful to him. We move on in the story, and we hear about the angels and the shepherds. Maybe you guys have seen the nativity before. The angels and shepherds, uh, the shepherds were out in the fields. They were watching over their flocks, and angels appeared to them and told the shepherds that the Savior had been born that the baby was going to be in Bethlehem, and that they could find him there in a manger. When the angels left, the shepherds went into Bethlehem to find Jesus, and we read about what they see, or what they say in Luke 2, 17 to 20. After seeing them, they reported the message that they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. So, the story that the shepherds were telling people would have been further proof of what the angel had spoken to Mary that promise of hope. And these shepherds were witnesses to what god was doing so but they weren't just witnesses to the people although it says that they they spoke about what they had seen and they they were praising god and they were glorifying him to the people but they also were confirming the promise to mary because remember she is watching all of this take place they came in from seeing the angels and they went straight to to mary and joseph and they're telling mary and joseph what they had seen and so it's confirming the promise that Mary had heard at the beginning of her pregnancy. Pastor Maria talked about the way Simeon prophesied about who Jesus was. This was when um, Mary and Joseph brought their baby to the temple. And they were just there to do their normal, the normal dedication of their baby. And then this stranger comes up to Mary and Joseph and says, This child is God's promised one. He will save God's people. Again, not something that would just happen to anyone walking into a building, and not something that would happen from a stranger that they had never met. And I believe God used this in Simeon's life, but I also believe that God used this to show Mary that what he said was going to happen. The next encouragement came from the Magi. Sometimes we call them the wise men. They were traveling from the east. They were going to find the baby or the king at the end of the star. They were following the star. They were traveling for a really great distance. And the thing that's really cool about this is that they didn't have the same methods of communication that we have now. It's not like they could just send a text and be like, Jesus was born. Come check it out. Like, nobody was doing that. It wasn't possible. So these were literally people who God brought these people to Bethlehem from very far away. And they brought gifts for a king, and they came to worship him. Matthew 2, 9-11 says, After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and falling on their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There were many times in Mary's pregnancy and in Jesus' childhood where God sent reminders to Mary. He will be great. Remember what the angel said. He will be called the Son of the Most High. He will be given the throne of David. He will reign forever, and his kingdom will never end. That's a pretty great promise. And he will save his people from their sins. These are all the things Mary had heard from the angel, and then she saw repeatedly, time after time, these things getting shown to her, the evidence of these things were going to be true. And this is where we usually end the Christmas story. We're like, yay, baby Jesus is born, the wise men, they gave him the gifts, the shepherds were all excited, the angels, and then they went on. But because we, in our context, can read through the whole Bible, We get to see the big picture. And we know that Jesus didn't come to fulfill anyone's expectations of who a king would be. And he didn't come to fulfill any expectation of what uh, the person who would save the people would be. Nobody could have expected the way that Jesus came to earth. Like we said in our Advent reading, he came in a stable. Not fit for a king. He came as a servant and he lived to glorify his father. And then he died on the cross to save us from our sins. It couldn't have been very easy to understand for the people who were there, the people who got to see Jesus' life in person. But I want to talk about what Mary did when all hope seemed lost. Because I think we can learn something from it when we feel like our situations are a little bit hopeless. We know that it wasn't an easy journey for Mary, being the mother of Jesus. Mary was the only person who was present at both Jesus' birth and his death. And when Jesus was dying on the cross, it says in John 19, 26, he looked down at her, And it says, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing there, he said to his mother, woman, here's your son. Jesus was ensuring that his mother would be cared for for the rest of her life by placing her with one of his closest friends. Just to kind of like bring it into the stay regular series a little bit, Mary was just a regular mother. She must have been going over the words that she had heard over the years In that moment all the encouragements from God all the confirmations all the things that she's she felt so sure of the direction and then she must have thought back on those things when she watched her son die but wait didn't the angel say he would be great he would be a king he would be called the son of the Most High he would be given the throne of David he would reign forever and that his kingdom would never end didn't Simeon say this child is God's promised one he will save God's people as she's watching this happen didn't Elizabeth say my child will be blessed that I will be blessed God how can all these things be possible all these things that you showed me all these things that I held hope in for that promise Imagine knowing the promise that had been spoken about Jesus from the very beginning, from right when he was conceived, and then seeing the fulfillment of that promise hanging on the cross. How can anyone have hope when all hope seems lost? Maybe we feel a lack of hope in our situations. Maybe we've prayed and we've thought God was listening. And we thought he's giving me direction he's telling me where i need to go but we still haven't seen the fulfillment of that we still haven't seen how it's going to work out mary was a regular woman who i'm sure was feeling pretty hopeless in this moment she was not a stranger to hardship just because she was chosen by god to be the mother of jesus we know quite a bit about her life, but not as much as some other people. But we do know that she went through her entire community and probably her family doubting that she was faithful to her husband. They thought she was crazy and that Jesus was just, that was her excuse. She had gone through King Herod coming after her and her young son and having to flee to a foreign nation to protect him. We know that she was also a widow at the time of Jesus' death, so she had gone through the loss of her husband. And now she's watching her son who's been falsely accused and murdered by the very people that he came to save. It's so easy to read through the story of Christ's birth at Christmas time, and we just kind of like, I'm guilty of it sometimes, don't get me wrong. But we read through it and we're like, hey, give me my presents, you know. And we forget, really, that these were real people. Jesus was a real human being. Yes, he was God, but he felt how we feel. And his mom, Mary, she was a real person. When you look at your kids, that's how she would have felt about her son, And we can't forget how difficult it would have been for Mary to hold on to hope at this time when all hope seems lost. I'll ask Josh to come back up. But Mary did something in her situation that I think we can all learn from. There's a verse that we read in Luke 2, verse 19. It was right after the shepherds came to Mary and Joseph. It says, but Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. When you look up the translation of treasuring, you can also see it defined as to keep closely together and to remember. And then when you look at meditate, it means to ponder, consult, consider, think about, and come back to. All of those reassurances and encouragements that God had sent to Mary along the way, those were messages from God. Those were things that he was using to show her that things were going to work out the way that he said they would. But imagine if Mary had just kind of glazed over that stuff. Like when the shepherds came to her, if she was like, okay, what are you guys doing? You've been out there with those sheep too long. You need to get some sleep. Or if the wise men came to her with the gifts and they were just like, man, that desert must be pretty hot. You need some water what the heck are you doing coming all the way over here? But she treasured all of those things in her heart and meditated on them. She didn't forget about them as soon as something difficult happened in her life. She paid attention to what God was trying to speak to her and she held on to that promise that God had first spoken to her about who Jesus would be. And as Jesus hung on that cross, she had to go back to the words that she had been told by the angel over 30 years earlier. He will be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. He will be given the throne of David, and he will reign forever. His kingdom will never end. Even when it seemed impossible, it wasn't. Nothing is impossible for God. The angel even said that to her. Even when hope seemed lost, God promised this so it will be. Like when it says that she treasured those things in her heart, that means that she held on to those things. I read a commentary that said that she, she held on like with for dear life to the things that she had been told. And there's gonna be many times in our lives where we need to hold on to hope. Sometimes it's like, You're gripping it, and everything in you just wants to let go. Mary did this by treasuring God's word in her heart. There's a verse in Hebrews 11 that says, Now faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Mary couldn't see how anything that was happening in that moment was going to be the fulfillment of the promise that the angel had spoken. She couldn't see Jesus on the throne. It's not like there was was no physical change to what she was looking at. But she could hold on to the words that were spoken, to God's words. She could hold on to the things that she witnessed and that were spoken to her and have faith in what would be despite how impossible it looked. Imagine how joyful and how amazed she was when Jesus rose from death. Something that by nature is not possible, but with God is possible. And as we go into Christmas, we can hold on to the assurance that God is going to do what he says. Sometimes we look around, I'm guilty of it too, where you look around and you start to wonder, like, God, like, when are you coming back again? What's going on? But he said the things that he says in his word, this is truth. And we can hold on to those so firmly, just like Mary did. Maybe, I don't know what that looks like in your life, but maybe it's just you need a reminder that God does love you. Sometimes we lose hope that he, he actually loves us. Maybe you need a reminder that he's with you. Sometimes we feel like we're just on our own. Maybe you need a reminder that he hasn't forgotten you. And you need to hold on to hope that he sees you. Sometimes when we're feeling hopeless, we start to doubt the promises. And we start to lose hope. But I encourage you not to forget those encouragements that God has spoken to you along the way. And if you haven't, Been encouraged, you need to surround yourself by people who will. And you need to go to the Word, and you need to ask God to encourage you through His Word and to to tell you what those promises are. And then when that happens, when you have that encouragement, you need to remember to write it down. I'm like so bad at remembering to do this, but sometimes God will speak something to me, or I'll have this moment. And then I'm like so encouraged and I feel so hopeful for the future. And then a few months later, I'm feeling all down and I'm feeling tired and I'm feeling hopeless. And I forget because I'm a human. We forget the good things that God has done and we forget to hold on to that hope in the midst of hard times. Romans 12.12 says, be joyful in hope patient in affliction and faithful in prayer and I love the story of Mary's life because it shows us that God wants to encourage us he didn't have to send all those confirmations to her he didn't have to send all those amazing witnesses who could encourage her faith and encourage her in the promise but he did he sees that regular people like us need extra reminders We need to be reminded of who he is and what he has said. And so sometimes he sends us people who can pray for us or people who can let us know that they love us and that God loves us. But most of the time it's just through reading his word and really getting to know who he is and how he sees people. But it's up to us if we wanna see these things for what they are and if we wanna hold on to these things in hard times. So we're gonna close in worship, and I'm just gonna pray over all of us that you would have restored hope in this season. Maybe you already do, that's awesome. But I know that it can be a tough season for a lot of people. So I'm just gonna pray that if anybody in this room is feeling like that hopeless feeling, that they just have restored hope tonight. God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this season. And for what it represents. God, we thank you that you sent your son here and that we get to celebrate his coming, not just because of his birth, but because of what he did upon the cross as well, God. I thank you that we are free because of that. And Lord, we just pray for each person here and not even in this building, but anyone even in our community that is struggling, that isn't feeling hopeful. Maybe they felt like hope is lost and there's not really much reason to keep on going we just pray for those in our community that are feeling this way lord and we ask that you would continue to restore that you would bring those reassurances those encouragements to them bring people into their lives that can bring that light and lord we pray your holy spirit would go into those situations and bring complete restoration we ask as we go that you would keep each one of us safe lord that you would bless each of our holidays with rest and that you would give us uh, your peace and your love for those around us. We just thank you for all that you're doing and for all that you are. In Jesus' name.